before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, and before I tell you about today's guest, I want to share a quote that resonated with me this morning. It says, be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. You know, as women, it's not always easy to be comfortable in our own skin, and I want to thank you, the one and only Judy Garland, for those words of inspiration. Now on to today's episode, I am sitting down with fellow podcaster and summit sister, Natalie Palmer, and we chatted up about what to do when bad guests happen. Now I have the pleasure of speaking at the Level Up Your Listing Summit, which is co-founded by Natalie, and this summit is happening at the end of February. Lady, if you want to join us in Scottsdale from February 27th to March 1st, there are still tickets available. All you have to do is go to levelupyourlistingsummit.com and you can snag 10% off by entering the code SISTERHOOD10 at checkout. Now, let's dive into my convo with Natalie Palmer. Today, we have the most special guest, Natalie Palmer, not only a super host extraordinaire, but a fellow podcaster, a fellow summit sister. Natalie, thank you so much for being here with us. Hi, Stacy. Thank you so much. I feel like it's about time. I can't believe neither one of us have been on each other's shows yet. So this is the first of a couple episodes because you'll have to come on my podcast as well. I would love that. So I know you and I know each other, but for anyone listening who has not come across you, tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're located in the world. Yeah, sure. So I'm Natalie Palmer, and I am based out of Southern California. I've been hosting for five years. Christmas, actually Christmas Eve was my five-year anniversary. And how I got started was I actually started my parents had a second home in Big Bear, which is a ski resort town in SoCal. And I always just say that I got the hosting itch. And I was like, mom, dad, like we're not using the place as much. I feel like I could throw this on Airbnb and it would be cool. Can I try? So once I convinced them, it just really took off from there. Um, We were super profitable that first winter season to the point my parents reinvested all of that into a down payment on a second property and had me manage that one. And then within that time, I just had other neighbors um, nearby and Big Bear approach me to start managing their places. So I started co-hosting before I even knew what the word co-hosting meant or what that was. And then about three and a half to four years in, my husband and I bought our first property. So today I manage nine and I own one. I still manage those first two for my parents as well. 
And through this whole journey of hosting, I really discovered how much I love the teaching and education side and just started sharing about my hosting journey on Instagram. And that kind of took off. It's now a podcast and it's also turning into, like you said, we're Summit Sisters. So it's also turned into planning an all women's short-term rental summit in Scottsdale in just a couple of weeks, actually, at the end of the month in February. That is so fun. And obviously, I am so excited not only to have you as a speaker at my summit that just occurred, but I'm so excited and honored to be speaking alongside you and so many other fabulous women in Scottsdale. It's going to be an amazing time. Yeah, Stacey, you were one of the first speakers that we approached and knew we wanted to lock into our agenda. So we were so stoked when you agreed and, and we got you locked in, got, got to use your face and your brand to promote the event because you're such a superstar. <laughs> well, I wish that my husband and my kids thought the same thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. They are your biggest fans. I know it. <laughs> I'm going to remind them that they are my biggest fans. No, I digress. So, okay, so you manage your own property, you manage your parents' property, and then you also obviously co-host for others. I'm just curious from your perspective, and I have a variety of different questions to ask you. You're doing this also while balancing a young family. Can you talk with us a little bit about your family, your kiddos, and how you manage your day-to-day? Yeah, I have two kids. One is about two and a few months. And then I have an almost one year old in a couple weeks. And yeah, that's the daily struggle, right? Anytime I get asked that, I'm almost like, how do I manage it? I don't even know. Like the days are a blur, but somehow things get done. And you know, it the business keeps growing. But I, I would say this, and I don't know if other young moms would have the same experience. But I, I do work from home and I have really found that as young as my kids are, I think that there is this like intuition that they have that I really try to be present with them when I can. But when I get that message, the dreaded message from a guest that, you know, the water heater's broken or something and I have to start calling the plumber or an appliance repairman, somehow my kids just know like, okay, we can't bother mommy right now. Like she's busy. And I don't know, maybe I... I think I do a really good job of being present when I need to. So when I do need to kind of go deal with emergencies, they're pretty receptive, but I don't know if I have like a magical answer. I do get help from my parents and my in-laws, which I'm very grateful for, but I think my kids just like know when like, you know, S-H-I-T hit the fan and mom has to go. Like they're just like, okay, we'll entertain ourselves. <laughs> right, right. That is awesome. You know, for years back way early when my kids were young and they're, in their 20s now. I worked from home and you know, I sometimes would feel guilty about the fact that hey, I had to be on calls, you know, and for the for the longest time that was a weight on my shoulders. Again, this was 20 years ago. Now, you know, it's such a blessing to have the opportunity to have a business where you can work from home, be with your kiddos all day long. And guess what? They are learning very early on what an entrepreneur does, what a rock star mom does. You're balancing so many different things. They are picking up skills that you don't even know they're picking up right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. That's really, that's encouraging to hear. That's what I think. So it's good to hear it from someone else too. But yeah, I do try to keep that perspective. Like there are days where we go out to dinner and if there is something going on and I just have to be on my phone, I used to feel really guilty about it. And now it's like, you know what? I get to be home 365 days a year because of this. I don't have to go clock in anywhere. So if a few times I have to be on my phone, like that is the choice I'm willing to make. And I think that it's a fair trade at the end of the day. The one thing that right now is a bummer is I've had to give up being able to be the like boots on the ground. So when we onboard a new listing, I loved being hands-on and designing it and getting it ready. And now I don't do that anymore. My mom actually helps, helps me a lot. And we have another like co-host helper in Big Bear too. And so I've had to step back from that, but it's like, you know, I still feel like I can do everything, just maybe not at the same time. So in a couple years, my kids will be older and maybe then I can go back to getting the properties physically ready. But I'm I'm okay with like different seasons and stepping back from certain things when I need to. I love that. I love that. Okay. I want to dig in, if you're all right with it, I want to dig into when those dreaded phone calls do happen when I love how you've coined it, S-H-I-T hits the fan. <laughs> because guess what? It happens you know, or shit happens, yeah. you know, I, I'm whispering, like anybody is going to listen to this podcast and not know what I'm saying. And I hope that your kids are not around. I should have a forewarning that there's a cuss word in here. But, you know, I think for the longest time for, for me in my life, when something stressful happened around me, I let that affect me. And I'm really curious to get your thoughts and hear your approaches about, you know, how you put up a shield around yourself so that doesn't affect you and, and your emotional state. But first, I want to ask you about diffusing difficult situations when something does, you know, go wrong and you have an upset guest on your hands. Talk to me a little bit about how you approach taking that very emotional upset guest and getting them down to a cool down level? Yeah. So great question. And I think that there are definitely two types of guests here. When you have a complaint, there is unfortunately the type of guest that is literally just trying to scam you and get a discount and complain about something that you know is frivolous or, or over the top or they're exaggerating. And then there's genuine times where you maybe dropped the ball and screwed up and the place wasn't clean enough or the beds were not made, uh, the hot tub's not working, some promised amenity is down. And in those cases, you have to own that. And so my approach to these two is very different. I always say that this is something that comes with practice. How do you know when a guest reaches out to you and it's a fake complaint to get, to get a refund or it's genuine? In the early days, I was so emotionally distraught over any guest complaint. I was so quick to just throw money at the situation to try and resolve it. But I think you learn very quickly who is just taking advantage. Let's say someone compa complains about the cleanliness, right? It's not as clean as they wanted. I think we've all gotten that. And like I said, I, I would be very quick to like refund the cleaning fee. When it was a genuine issue of cleanliness, I actually found that refunding the cleaning fee didn't make them happy because what they wanted was a clean place. They were willing to pay the cleaning fee. They're just upset that it wasn't clean. So when I started offering instead to send my cleaner back in, and when I did, I tell my cleaner, can you please pr pick up like a box of strawberries on the way or flowers or something? That made it so much better 
And then I noticed that with guests where I did refund the cleaning fee, they might act like, oh, I don't know. You know, you gave us this money back, but like it really ruined the vacation. I think we need the first night refunded. And it's like, okay, so what was this really about, you know? And I've actually learned this might be controversial. A lot of hosts will tell you like, always just refund something. It's worth salvaging the review. I've actually found that refunding money really doesn't make guests happy. Because again, it's like the ones who genuinely had that cleanliness complaint, they just want the place clean. That's it. The ones who are faking it, no amount of money is going to make them happy. They're trying to get out of the whole, paying the whole thing. So kind of what I've learned is, and I think that this is a sixth sense, like as you host longer, you'll know which ones are kind of faking it and which ones aren't. But I pretty much now will always try to offer exactly the solution to their problem. So I think a lot of hosts would get that complaint and be like, okay, I'll refund the cleaning fee. And again, that's not the solution to a dirty place. It's to make it clean. So I will ask if I can send the cleaner back in. Based on that answer, I can kind of gauge if they were like trying to scam something or it was genuine. And I do that with anything. You know, if the hot tub is broken, let's say, what's the actual solution to their problem? It's getting the hot tub working. If you can't, then sure, let's talk about compensating something because you don't have an advertised amenity. So it's not fair that they paid the amount they did. But I think the hosts that are just very quick to refund, I think they're actually missing what the guest is really saying. And it's like, we paid for a place with a hot tub. We just want the hot tub. We don't need the money back. Just get us the hot tub. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. And and something that I just personally experienced as well, where I had a guest stay in one of our properties that has a hot tub and you know, the cleaner was there, the quality control inspector was there that afternoon, it was hot. The guest checks in, tries to get in at that night, and it's cold. What do we do? And to your point, obviously, our guest was most concerned about using the hot tub. And so we were thankfully able to get it repaired the next day. But had I just thrown money at the situation, the guests still would not had, have had the experience that they were looking for, and it would not have resulted in a good review. Right, right. And and yeah, what we're delivering is an experience, right? It's not like they order something from Amazon, it's broken, they just return it and get their money back. In this case, if you just refund for the hot tub and you don't actually fix it, they booked your place because they wanted that. It really does impact their entire experience to not have it. It's not just like, you can't just break it down to dollars and cents, which is why like when I do see hosts that are like, oh, just refund. If they complain, just give them money back just so you get that five-star review. I think they're missing the big point. You can't nickel and dime. You can't like line item and experience, right? It's just, it's more subjective. So yeah, that's one thing I'm big on. And in this case, I think it would have been appropriate to partially refund for them not having the the hot tub the first night. But again, that's kind of secondary. Like first and foremost, you want to tell them how you're fixing the problem when you're getting someone out there to repair it and just make sure that they have it up and running again as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's exactly what we did. We did give them a discount for the first night and obviously had it repaired the next day. The other thing that I thought was really important in that scenario, and I'm curious to get your perspective, is that my team member you know, he helped diffuse the situation. My tech that went out to assess what's going on with the hot tub that evening, we uh, we obviously tried to have him repair that. He, He needed to get, you know, a hot tub expert in. But something that I was so grateful for was that the guest recognized that we sent someone out within the hour 
he helped them understand our quality control process and the fact that it was hot earlier. And he helped bring down the level of upsetness, if that is a word, from our guests. So I'm curious, again, from your perspective, are there any things that you recognize as tools in your toolbox that you use not only either with the way you approach a conversation or your team members do that help kind of bring that emotional level back to a normal state? Yeah. Yeah. I think what you just touched on, transparency is so valuable. A lot of people just do not understand the ins and outs that even go to this business, right? And sometimes like, okay, let's say it's an issue with, um, okay, I had this actually just recently. The guests checked in and we had linens. They were clean, but they were in the dryer because my cleaner was like running late that day. So she just took stuff from the washing machine, put it in the dryer and that was it. She didn't have time to like take it out and fold it and put it all away. And then the guest was like, oh my gosh, we want to use the dryer, but there's stuff in here. And we just kind of explained, you know, instead of just being like, oh yeah, like, you know, we're so sloppy. We couldn't even take the time to fold. It was like, you know what? My cleaner wanted to make sure that she spent time actually cleaning everything. And those are all clean. But the in the last minute, she just had to shove it in there. You know, they're all clean. And I even told her like, do not worry about folding them. That's not your job. If you want to use the dryer, we have a little hamper on the side of the washing machine. And I was like, just shove it in there and make yourself room in the dryer. Like you do not have to fold it or put it away or anything like that. And then it was like, oh, makes sense. Yeah, it always takes forever to wait for the dryer. Like she was so understanding of like, yeah, I use the dryer at home. I know it takes an hour. Like, you know, if the cleaner had to wait there another hour, would my cleaning fee have been more expensive? Like I get it. And so even though it's not an ideal situation, I think just giving them like a little peek into the business is a big help. That being said though, I do think sometimes when you start to explain yourself, depending on what it is, I think sometimes when you start to explain yourself, you're actually kind of shooting yourself in the foot. There are cases where there are just hard line things that you have to put your foot down. For example, in our busy season, we do not allow any late checkouts because we just don't know how the person may have left it. And when we have people coming in just a few hours, you know, we just we just can't take that risk of like the cleaner coming in late and it pushing back check-ins. And I'll have people almost try to like bargain with me and be like, we'll start the dishwasher before and we'll start the laundry if we can check out an hour late. And I I used to like explain it and be like, I'm sorry, we can't allow you to check out late because we have to do the laundry and dishes. And that's when they would bargain that, right? And so now I'm just like, no, this is our policy during busy season. I'm sorry. Like, you know, and I phrase it nicely, but it's like, unfortunately, during our peak winter season, we cannot accommodate late checkouts. And I leave it at that. Like, so, so I have found it's a tricky balance, but there are sometimes when starting to overexplain yourself gives them the chance to like interject and negotiate. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because again, just in the in the world of business, right? In the art of negotiation, the more information that you have, the more leverage that you have because you understand what the this the pain points are, shall we say. So I think that's a really good point is to not give our guests too many opportunities to negotiate with us. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or even like when people reach out asking for a discount, right? If you start to say, oh, we can't do any discounts because we have costs to cover through our rentals and utilities and a cleaning fee. 
they might start saying like, oh, I'll clean the place myself and we won't run the heater at all while we're there. So there's no utilities. And it's like, you're missing the whole point. Okay. I'm just not giving you a discount. So just, you know, you just have to hard line sometimes and be like, unfortunately, we do not offer discounts. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I love that. I had someone reach out one time asking for a discount at one of our beach condos because she had a child that was special needs. And I kept thinking about, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to have her be offended by the fact that we're not giving her a discount because her child has special needs. But at the same time, that has nothing to do with anything about hosting someone in a property. And so, you know, I think also taking those scenarios and situations and using them to build templates for yourself so that if you get maybe potentially strange requests in the future, you know, you can take what you've said before and just and modify it a hair. Um, in this world, you do get so many interesting requests that make you scratch your head and go, what are they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I had somebody once for our pet policy, they brought their parrot, didn't say, they just said, they just marked one pet. And then when they came on the ring camera, we see them bringing in a, a full on parakeet. And what was funny, they didn't bring it like in a cage. It was just like sitting on their shoulder. And I was like, excuse me. So I messaged them and I'm like, hi, you know, we just saw you check in. I noticed that your pet is a bird. Do you have a cage for it? And she said like, oh, okay, I'll run out to the car and get the cage. I'm like, if I hadn't said anything, was the parrot just going to be flying around in the place? Like fly into the ceiling fan? I, I don't even know. But she ended up bringing the cage in and it was, everything was perfectly clean after. Like our cleaner didn't even notice there was a pet. So I don't know, but it was just so odd. I was like, what is the thought process there to just <laughs> bring the bird in? Um, yeah, very strange. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm curious. What would you say is the worst guest you've ever had? <laughs> so I love this one because my worst guest I've ever had actually left the property spotless, but there was so much drama with the reservation. And essentially, long story short, the whole story I could tell in like half an hour. It's so intricate and detailed. But the short version is that we had two guests check in. Turns out they had met on some dating app or something and planned to stay at our place as their rendezvous meetup. And turns out that one of them ended up getting arrested while staying at our place. They got into a fight that broke out, started chasing each other around the property. Police showed up and when they ran IDs, they found that one of the guests had a warrant out for his arrest in multiple states. So they immediately took him in and he was awaiting to be extradited. We had no idea what he was arrested for, anything like that. We just knew he was taken in. And that was the one who made the booking. So we were like, oh my gosh, how do we get a hold of this other guest that's there? Is he leaving? Is he coming in for questioning? What's happening? And he ended up getting a hold of us. Thank God he had written down my number from the house manual because he got locked out through all of this. Didn't know the code because he didn't have any of the Airbnb booking info. We didn't have the numbers of other guests on the reservation. So somehow he got a hold of us and filled us in on what happened and basically said like, and this was with like two or three days left in the reservation. And he was like, anyway, 
I can't believe I, you know, came out with this guy who turned out to be a scam artist. So like I'm packing up my stuff and, and leaving. I'm going to take off. I left the place perfectly clean. And sure enough, he did. Like when the cleaner came in, she said it was totally spotless. But yeah, we ended up finding out that this guy was arrested for identity theft, credit card theft, identity fraud, credit card fraud, all of that. And the one sketchy thing was the other guest told him, uh, the other guest who was with him told us that the night before he got arrested, he was like messing with the modem and the router and doing something like really weird with it. And so this guy was like, check all of your internet and stuff and just make sure he didn't hack into anything. So anyway, that was all good. But the following night, that first, the one guy called us and said, hey, I just want to let you know, I just found out all of my bank accounts have been drained while the guy was in jail. So he was like, I think that he had an accomplice or something that he must have like shared my info with that was taking out of my account because he's been in jail without his phone for the last 24 hours and all my accounts have been drained. So the guy was like, I just want to tell you, if you didn't believe me how serious this was, like check your stuff. And to this day, we've never had anything tampered in our accounts or hacked into. They left the place clean, checked out on time. So like it actually turned out okay from our point of view, but there's definitely a good two days there where we were like what is going on they still have an active reservation like is this guy gonna come back what is happening um so that's my craziest guest story <laughs> wow so many <laughs> so many questions that I have but the one comment I'll make is I thought you were gonna tell me that the one phone call he got from jail he called you but that was not the case <laughs> no that was not the case I'm I'm guessing he called his accomplice somewhere on the outside and told him to go drain some bank accounts because he got arrested. Oh, that's <laughs> my guess. That is crazy. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy. Oh yeah. my goodness. But and it's so, it's so funny because, you know, hosts always freak out, freak out about worst case scenario. And I was like, you know what? That was pretty bad. I had like a wanted criminal with multiple arrest warrants in my place and still it turned out okay in the end. <laughs> like, you know, not that I want to host him again. I definitely called Airbnb and reported his profile. I don't even know if the name he booked under was right. Probably fake if he's a identity fraud master. But that's one thing with, with future hosts too. If you're sitting there and you're like nervous about the worst case scenario, you know, some guests will damage or trash things. You get them to pay for it. You repair it and you move on. In my case, there was no damage. It was honestly just a funny story at this point, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I'm curious, again, in your world, how you take a scenario like that, that was stressful for a day, two days, or any other stressful situation when it comes to hosting. And how do you separate yourself from that so that when you are then engaged with your family or you know, returning from your phone call and sitting back to the dinner table, how are you, <laughs> your awesomeness, mommy and wife that you are, you know, what are tips or tricks that you put into play? Yeah. I mean, in, in cases like that, where it was just such a crazy story, it was almost like, gosh, I was the highlight of the, of the dinner table. Everybody was like, what happened? What did they say on the phone? So sometimes it will give you some uh, great conversation starters and content, but of course we've all been there. I think where someone reaches out and says something, you know, you get a bad review or some, you get that dreaded text, like, hi, we just checked in and this isn't working. And you just get this like pit in your stomach and feel horrible. I think with time, I definitely still take them all seriously. Like my guest paid and it's my job to fix it. 
But I don't know. I just think that with practice and with time, it doesn't affect you as deeply anymore. I now, I think I used to view it, especially because I started with managing my parents' home. It was really emotional when something was like damaged, you know, or if my cleaner, she arrived and took pictures of the place being dirty. I took it so hard and it was like, oh my gosh, I convinced my parents to let me manage their place. And like, this is how it's being treated. This is tough. But I think when you get more used to it, you just realize like there are just different people out there. Every business has its difficult people. Ask a Starbucks barista, ask uh, any lawyer, ask doctors, like any industry will tell you that they have difficult people to deal with. And I think for me, I just always put in perspective, we have people book our place to get engaged there and have anniversaries there. And like that will make up for any guest that left the place dirtier than I would have liked or or break something or steal something. So I think if you're in hosting for the right reasons and you really value guest experience and letting your guests create memories, those few bad apples like are not going to spoil the rest for you. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Great advice. Okay, now I want to move into something that I call the lightning round. Okay, okay. so what I'm going to ask of you is that you answer these questions with the very first thing that comes to mind. Okay. And they're easy. Okay. So don't, nervous. Get, don't get nervous. <laughs> don't get nervous. All right. First question is where is your favorite place to vacation? First place, Palm Springs. Oh, now where is that compared to where you live? About an hour and a half from me, maybe two hours in traffic, but yeah, love hot weather. That's where I got married. So love Palm Springs. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. And where is one place you've never been that you want to visit? Ooh, that's a good one too. Somewhere in Europe. I'm trying to think. Oh, you know what? Actually, Morocco, which is Africa, but I love like the architecture and everything. I would I would love to go there. I think, yeah, it looks so beautiful. That is an interesting one. I've actually heard Morocco is beautiful as well. I've also heard that if you are a woman traveling alone in Morocco, you might want to take a friend. Yes, I've heard that too, which is why I might I might not go. But <laughs> according to Pinterest, it's like totally my aesthetic vibe. And I just think it looks gorgeous. But yeah, there you I go. <laughs> okay, what is one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in short-term rentals? Okay, I will say this. This is actually advice that my mom gave me always growing up, but I didn't apply it to short-term rentals until a little while in. But the best advice I ever got from her was don't let other people make their problems your problems. And she's always told me that. And it took me like six months to a year of hosting before I started applying that to hosting. But, you know, what we just touched on too, like, that's kind of the thing I wish I had like done earlier when guests, you know, that last minute cancellation and they tell you they canceled because they have to go to a funeral. Are they telling the truth? Like how many people are going to funerals every year and canceling last minute? And I used to feel guilty like, oh, they're going to a funeral. But now it's like, that is not my problem. Travel insurance, you know, or like, let me cancel it now. And if I rebook, I'll, I'll pay you out the money. But yeah, that's one thing I wish I had adopted sooner. Don't let other people make their problems your problems. Love that. Okay. Now that leads me into the next question. And the answer might be the same. Okay. But what is the best piece of advice <laughs> you have ever been given? Okay. So personally, that is my favorite, but I can come up with something else. Um, it's probably about networking. I don't know if there's like a slogan with that, but just when people tell you the value of networking, 
I think I used to think that that was just a cheesy thing people said, but in the last year, I personally have really put myself out there by attending events and connecting with people and making relationships. And it's crazy how I've seen it just completely catapult like my my business, like professionally, but also friendship wise. I've made so many good friends. You honestly, one of them, like there's just so many like great connections I've made through just putting myself out there. And I think one thing people lose sight of is they think that if they're networking, like hosts, for example, a lot of hosts I see think that the only reason to network is to get a booking. Absolutely not. Like, I don't know what you're going to get out of networking personally. I don't know what that looks like for you. But for me, networking turned into, you know, sticking with my podcast for a longer time, planning a conference with, with Tatiana Taylor Tate, finding other people to manage for. Um, partnering up with people on deals. So you have no idea what networking could do for you. But I just am very a big believer that like whatever you need to get out of people to reach your next level, like those people will come into your life, but you have to put yourself out there. I think that is such great advice. And I think, you know, the word networking or putting yourself out there can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. And maybe you know, if you have a personality that's more of an introvert, it's really hard, you know, if you're at a networking event to get up in front of people and say who you are, or here's what I'm looking for this week. Or you mentioned putting yourself out there. And I was saying before we pushed record how much I adore your content on Instagram. It is so creative and fun. But I am pretty darn confident that that didn't always come easy for you. I'm sure that when you started, you probably felt uncomfortable or maybe second guessed yourself, but look at where you are now, right? So I love that advice. And I think too, like just maybe on content creation specifically, one thing I've really learned is it's kind of like a muscle. You have to flex a little bit. And, and with networking, a lot of people wonder like, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to put out there? What am I going to post about? Just do a couple things because you'll get questions about it, right? If you have like one piece of content you want to share or something that just happened with a guest or one of your properties, just share it and you'll get questions about it. And that might be like, okay, that's my next post that launches me into this conversation. You know what? I, I don't know a lot about that. Let me connect with this person who I know who does. So I think you really just have to start even if you don't know what you're doing and your, your path will kind of be carved out for you to some extent. I love that. Okay. Last lightning round question. What is one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? Mm, my husband. Yeah, he is definitely like he's a teacher and he rushes to get home every day so he can take over the kids and I can get stuff done. Anytime I need to record my podcast, he will take the kids on a like hour long walk. So the house is quiet when I'm recording. He's just the biggest fan. And yeah, I'll always like tell him I like with starting the podcast, I don't know if this is going to make money. I might just be wasting my time every week recording and promoting it. But you know, just if you could if you could help me out and no questions asked, he always will. That's awesome. What subject does he teach in what grade? AP US history. So he teaches, I forget, juniors. No, sophomores. I don't know. <laughs> One of them. High school. High school. High school AP US history. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I bet he would be a great partner in Trivial Pursuit or something like that. 
shockingly no which is really <laughs> upsetting like he has a very good like grasp of history but he doesn't know all the little dates he's like before lessons i have to like refresh on everything he doesn't remember like dates and events so what a waste right <laughs> omg that is awesome okay so before we wrap up let's just talk a little bit more about scottsdale and for again anyone who isn't familiar, Natalie and Tatiana are putting on the Level Up Your Listing Summit, and they're bringing together not only fabulous women to speak, but it is an in-person summit geared specifically for women in the short-term rental industry. And as you might guess, this is something I am so darned excited about and passionate about. I'm curious, what gave you the idea? How did this how did this summit come to life? And what are you most excited about? Yeah. So the big inspiration was like I just touched on, I've really learned how valuable networking can be. And from Tatiana and I, who I'm putting the event on with, we actually met for the first time at a uh, short-term rental conference, the STR Wealth Conference in Nashville. And we just, it completely like transformed our lives in every way. Every conference we've been to, we've gotten so much value out of and so many good relationships. And we just kind of were sitting there like, you know what, we could do this, but I think we need like an all female, like an all women spin on it. There's just... I think that women, you would agree, STR sisterhood, here we are. But I think that women, I think we secretly like run this entire industry, you know, and people, all these guys out here think that they're the ones that are like <laughs> scaling up and growing and pioneering the tech businesses. But truly, women, I think, are at the heart of hosting and hospitality and we are the ones who get guests in the door, who design places that people want to book, who get repeat guests, who make those memories, who get those five-star reviews. And I don't know. I think that we dominate this industry. And I even think women are the ones who are booking places. I always, I have mostly women book my places. And even when men do, they always say, oh, my wife picked this place and asked me to book it. Yeah. And so we run this industry, okay? And it's just time we had a place to gather, us women. And really one thing, Tatiana and I, that we are carrying forward with this event is we saw at a lot of the events we attended, they would stand on stage and talk about how important design and guest experience and standing out is. And then we look around and we're in this like stuffy, boring hotel ballroom. And we're like, okay, do you really believe that? Because I don't see that evident here. We are really designing this event. So every single touch point is going to be elevated. And we are putting our money where our mouth is. Like the design of the event itself is just going to be so inspirational. And we've got so many secrets with like our stage design and our VIP lounge. It's just going to be so beautifully done. And I think that you'll take a lot of design inspiration from the event itself. So all the values that we preach as hosts is what you'll see at this event. That is so amazing. I am so excited. And, you know, again, I just want to applaud you and Tatiana for, for taking the leap. I know from just planning two years of the virtual summit, you know, there is so much that goes on behind the scenes. Make something come to life. And in my world to date, it's been all virtual. When you have an in-person event, it takes it to a completely different level. So I am so super excited to be a part of it. And I just want to encourage anyone who hasn't gotten tickets yet to go. There is likely still time. There are likely still tickets available. I think it's going to be 
an amazing, amazing time together, not only to learn, but as you said, to build relationships and friendships together. Stacy, let's do this. If anyone wants to buy tickets, you can go to levelupyourlistingsummit.com. And I would love to offer any of your listeners a discount of 10%. So if you want to put in sisterhood 10, that will be the discount code and you'll get 10% off your tickets. Levelupyourlistingsummit.com. I love it. And Natalie, let me just ask you this. After the summit, or if someone says, man, I can't get to that summit, but I am interested in connecting with Natalie and learning more about her or how she might be able to help me in my short-term rental journey, what is the best way for those folks to get a hold of you? Instagram is the best way to connect with me. I'm most active on there. If you look up Natalie Palmer, I will pop up. Um, And then from there, I've got a podcast and I can do consultations, whatever you need, whatever help you need, I will try to serve you um, with some sort of resource. So um, just head to my Instagram and it's all there. I love it. Natalie, thank you so much for being with us. And um, I can't wait to see you soon. Yeah, see you in a couple weeks. Okay, sister, are you ready to start making your short-term rental dreams a reality, but feeling lost, stuck, or just overwhelmed? Here's what I know for sure. You deserve everything you're dreaming of, and you deserve to get it with ease, support, and joy. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar and watch my free masterclass where you will get the scoop on how to leave your W-2 and start building your dream life with five simple steps. If you're ready to have more time to spend with friends and family doing the things you love, adding a ton of zeros to your bank balance and start living your short-term rental dream, you need to watch this masterclass. Head over to stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar right now to start watching. That's stacystjohn.com slash strwebinar, and I will see you there.